celebrate good times. Come on. You weren't even alive when that came out. No. <laughs> sure wasn't. Chase is just excited because he heard Chris is going to be coming back soon. Oh, mm. my heavens, is that good news. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us that little tease for like two episodes, I don't know, like six months ago. And then I was like, well, well I remember why I took the heroin. That man <laughs> will get you going. Chris is a tease, isn't he? He is, man. He walks in with those uh, those larges that looks like a small on him. He's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Speaking of celebrating people, <laughs> we should celebrate people. Yep. yep. We're in an era. I see what you did there, Chase. Yeah, yeah. thank you. You're that, was, that was one of your better ones. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> we should mark this episode. Yeah. So let's we'll awkwardly compliment one. people's bodies that we see in the gym. Is that mm. what we're... That's the goal of the episode, right? Yeah. That's kind of the goal of the whole gym. I think we're going more like success. Oh, I thought we were going full global gym. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) You kind of confuse those. Whoops. We'll we'll spend the next 30 minutes trying to untangle that mess you just made. Classic messed up. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we're in in an era. Just like, I don't know what we're doing then. (laughs) (laughs) What am I here for? We're in an era of unprecedented, uh, I believe the word is results, Mm. Uh, performances, numbers, data, people showing out. Optics, metrics, all those words. Just consistently further proof that the three-tier workout plan that Hunter and company came up with, proving dividends, what, a year in now? Maybe longer? Yeah, two Longer years. probably, two two, yeah. yeah. So let's do a little bit, if we may. If uh, we may. I know I usually come up with the segment things here, so I was just kind of spitballing. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about our people. So yeah, what they'd be doing. Yeah, let's talk about the thing you know I love most about my life, actually, and that's being successful. So, hey, pass me a donut. <laughs> you actually want one? No, no, oh, not in front of these guys. <laughs> I save that. That's the shame eating I do in the dark at night. <laughs> Man, that podcast was tough. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Well, it's something we should take time to celebrate because it's going on all around us, and it, it can be easy in a in an um, exercise environment where we're constantly trying to get better and tweak things and get a PR here and what did we do last time, mm-hmm. it can be easy to not pull back and say, whoa, man, like I, I am literally seeing people get in the shape of their life. Yep. That, was, that was the goal. So maybe sharing some of those stories for our, our audience that they don't have the opportunity because we are such a large business now. Like I go to this place to do this, and I don't know what's right. going on over there. So it would be cool to hear some of those stories from you guys. Yeah, I don't want to like call out people's names or anything, but I just kind of want to talk about stuff that we've been seeing that's been working and you know progress. You know, Caleb hit on uh, a story um, last episode on some stuff he had seen, but you know, there's a lot of people um, across all our locations who are having some really really awesome progress and um it i think it's good to highlight that sometimes and point out uh, what's been working for people so you know maybe people that are listening can maybe apply that to their life and and figure out um you know maybe they can take an aspect of something that's been working for something else and apply some working for somebody else and apply that to them um i think it's necessary because kind of like what we were talking about last episode like if you're putting in place these systems where you're saying hard things because they need to be said the counterpoint to that is that you got to be also just as willing to celebrate the yeah, wins and definitely. successes that happen with these new this new culture. And when you're you're coming to the gym four, five, six days a week, every week, week in and week week out, it can be really hard to see the progress that you have made. And it's important to look back, like we talked about, looking back a year ago on the organization, how far we come and far we had come farther than than I had even realized we had. And so 
Um, I think people, it's really good to look back on on the progress they've made as a whole and maybe they don't see how much progress we have, but we see it. And so I think it's just important to, you know, from time to time look and say, man, look how, look at what so-and-so has been doing or look how much progress you've made. It's really, really fun thing to do. One thing that's fun is I'll have to like scroll back through my phone a couple years to look back at like for a picture that I took or a picture of the gym or something, some equipment, something like that. And I'll see pictures and some of the live videos that I have like taken during the class or if I was doing personal training, like videoing someone so I could show them their technique right then. And I'll look back and see pictures of people that were in the gym. And it's one of those things where like you don't really see yourself getting older because you stare at yourself all day and you see yourself well, I, all day. I do actually. And yeah. well, yeah. Another gray today. Another, <laughs> that's 437 grays. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so most of us don't like actively see yourself change because you see yourself every day and it's that whole idea. But when you go back and see a picture from a year ago, and I cannot tell you how many times I've looked back at those and been blown away because I get to see people five days a week, six days a week. And so I forget that, you know, a year and a half ago when they went through on-ramp and they weren't just one of the regular people that I see every day in the gym, how much different they looked. And so Mm -hmm. it's hard for us. We actually have to be very intentional about seeing that. And now we've started even asking people because we know what's about to happen in their life. We want to encourage them to set that expectation for themselves. And so we've started asking for before and after pictures. We've done the Beachbody Challenge for two years, and we have seen people lose significant amount of body fat and gain muscle, and their body looks different and regretted that they didn't foresee that potentially happening. And so they don't necessarily have a picture that's like a before and after. Mm -hmm. And so now we know that that's going to be the case. And so we ask people on the front end to do that because we want to tell the stories of what's happening. Um, And so it's just, it's one of those things that continually blows our mind at like, we see people all the time. We forget that they started 16 months ago. And when they came in, they had 20 more pounds of body fat. And so it's a, it's just a really cool part of the job that we get to that we want to tell stories of. Yeah, I had that ha- I had that same thing happen to me like about a month ago. I was looking for I was I was talking to my wife about um our uh dogs and I was trying to find a picture of my our dog Rosie from when she was a puppy and so we she's 3 now. And so I was looking in pictures of 2018 and I found this picture that had two people uh from Madison in it. And both of them, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, they have they look literally completely different. They've yeah. lost so much weight since this picture. And so I showed it to both of them, and they both were just like they couldn't believe what they looked like just three years ago. And I think almost even embarrassed, like, how oh, could, they always say, yeah. why didn't you say why something? Why did you say something? I'm like, well, it's, it's not my job to tell Listen you. Here, you really want to, <laughs> Listen here, McFatty. The Rolos can wait. Fatty McFatterson. Are. <laughs> I can't wait for your after because before sucks. <laughs> but it's, it's just real. Oh, but you could see also at the same time, they're like very proud, like, wow, I've come so far. And it's, it's really good in that instance for people to see because a lot of times, like I said, you get caught up and you're like, man, I didn't PR my back squat today or man, I, I did this workout slower today and than I did last time. And But it's, it, you know, people, nobody joins to be able to do a workout faster. They join because they want to get healthier and lose weight and look better. And it's like, look, not only have you lost weight, but you look younger now than you did three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You should be proud of the work that's got you there. And um, 
So that's always really cool. And I have so many pictures and videos from the gym. And I, that, that happens every time I'll look and I'll be like, wow, so-and-so looks completely different than they did that, back then. When you surround yourself with a lot of people who are all making progress, and some people have been on the journey for eight years, ten years, and others have been at, you know, one year, six months, uh, one month, it's really hard to just focus on the progress that you've made and not be envious or to wish you were further along. But it's so important, and we have this conversation a lot, and just helping people stay positive because a lot of times they do see someone else that is at a fitness level that is very extreme, and it's very easy to compare to that instead of comparing to where you were when you started. And so instead of focusing on other people, I think by celebrating stories, we kind of help people realize that it is the only thing you can do is change from where you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so if you have that mindset, instead of being like, well, Justin did the workout 10 minutes faster than me again today. It's like, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, instead, you can really think like, man, when I went through on-ramp, I remember I could not get through the three rounds of 20 air squats and 10 push-ups. And... So as long, you know, just keeping people in that mindset of where was I just a month ago? Where was I just six months ago? We tell those stories and hopefully it helps people realize that their life has significantly changed. Um, and they, they tell us that we get to, you know, we don't have to remind them of that. Mm-hmm. They get to tell us, but we want to tell people cause there's a lot of people around us in the community that are doubting that they can set a goal and achieve it. And so we want to tell stories so that people have confidence to. I saw somebody posted yesterday, a a lady in Flowood got her first strict pull-up, and she was super excited about it, and she had said she'd been working at it for a really long time, for years, and had even done a strict pull-up program, and all of a sudden she was able to do them, and do them yesterday multiple times, and uh, she was so excited. You could tell it kind of spilled spilled over the the page, and... um, you know, stuff like that's really cool. And some, you know, it means so much to somebody. Like they think they, for a lot of a lot of women, a pull up is like in their idea of being strong. Being able to do a pull up in their mind is being strong. And though, so when they finally get to the point where they could do a strict pull up, they're just so excited because they're like, "Man, I didn't think I was ever going to be able to do this, and now I'm I'm a girl that can do a pull up." And that's really cool. Um, to see stuff like that. If you've ever gone from hanging from a bar and said, okay, let's just try to do a pull-up and you don't move, like <laughs> mm-hmm. that can be very defeating and it can be very overwhelming to think, how is it possible that this feeling where I do not move an inch from the bottom position, all of a sudden to be able to pull myself over the bar, um, it's like that is a, like Hunter said, it's hard to describe how big of a deal that is for even confidence, but just your mindset of how you perceive yourself, mm-hmm. that's a that's a great goal for a lot of people. Oh, between the years is such a big part of what goes on <laughs> inside of the inside of the gym. But I, I'll tell you what I love, and it's happening more and more, and I love it for two reasons. It means that our community is expanding. But I love for an on-ramp to be going on during a class time and to see the look happening on the person who's going to, like, they start scanning the people in the class and, like, oh, my gosh, who are these people? Yeah. And, you know, but then the best part about it is to see that class finish up, and inevitably this happens. People leave the class and go over to that on-ramp. They start introducing themselves and saying, you know, hey, I remember this was a tough couple of weeks or this was a tough couple of classes, and this wasn't that long ago for me, like two years ago when I did this. And you see the transaction happening for that on-ramp person, like, 
oh my gosh, in two years, I could be able to do all those box jumps that they just did. And Here's what's hard. We, people come into on-ramp and they see other people. And because what, because people, it works because what we're doing works for yeah. people. It can be intimidating, but it's only because it works. They right. see people who it has worked for, and they don't see the pictures that we have on our phone of them <laughs> yeah. 16 months ago. And yeah. so they see someone that's very fit, and they don't realize that person just started. And so when we have people come through on-ramp, I, I brag on our gym, but I also help them see, you know, we, we added 60 people to our location last year. That means 60 people who you see in here who look like the regular person that's just been a gym bum their whole life. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. They just started just like you. You know, Tyler and I are doing three or four on-ramps almost every single week. So there's 12 people in this gym who in the last three weeks have gone through the exact same thing you have. And because it does work, they look like they're in great shape. They mm-hmm. look like they're moving through things that you would never, never, do, yeah. never be able to do. But it just happened. And so I think it's encouraging for people when they see that. And so that's why it's so important to always be adding and not be that gym that, oh, it's just the regular crew that has always been in the gym and they just work out together. We're changing people's lives and we have new people coming in all the time. And the better we get at telling these stories, the more people are going to feel like, you know what, I think I can do that. Right. Yeah, and that's something that we want to you know work, do a better job of is there's so many people that are making progress and have – their bodies change so much they feel better they've got so much fitter and we want to continue to highlight that because not only are we want to celebrate them but we want to show other people that it's possible and also show them where they came from and what they were thinking when they started because just about everybody is intimidated and scared when they start they don't think they can do it they walk in their eyes get really big especially if they come in like in the middle of the day when it's open gym and somebody's doing some handstand walking or they're like oh i don't think this is a gym for me i'm like hold on i had a man i had the funniest story and it happened to be an imam at the beginning of class gymnastics and it happened to be a class where we had seven people doing handstand walks oh my gosh and a group of three people came in for a tour and as soon as they opened the door the clock had beeped for the minute to turn over and seven people kicked up into a handstand <laughs> and started walking down the floor like, and oh they my just, gosh. they're like what have we done and they actually said oh lord like it was the funniest thing it was like nope i'm out of here mm-hmm. but if you said that if you think about that for a second you know there's probably gosh close to a hundred people the Coyote Fitness members that can walk on their hands. Mm-hmm. And what other gym can you walk into and see even and have there be even five people in there that could walk on their hands? Like that seems like something so absurd. I remember in college uh, uh, in, when I was playing baseball and they used to have these funny videos of rain delays where there'd be a rain delay and all the baseball <laughs> players would start doing this funny stuff. And I remember there was this video and they were doing you know, kind of going back and forth one up in each other. And then one guy on the team started walking on his hands and everybody went nuts. Cause it was just like, nobody could do, <laughs> nobody that. Can do that. And yeah. now it's just like, I know literally a hundred people that can walk on their hands. These are like teachers. These yeah. are people that just got off work and are showing up. It's not the open gym. It's not all the yeah. competitors mm-hmm. with their shirts off doing stuff. It's like, these ladies just came in from teaching seventh grade math or whatever it was, and they come to the gym and they can do these extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they just live in the gym all day. They have families, they have kids, they have jobs that um, require a lot of energy. But over time, a consistent practice habit of exercise, people are capable of so much. Um, but it just, yeah, know, it's hard for people to see in the moment when they yeah. feel so overwhelmed by yeah. things. 
Well, let's talk about that for a second because I think celebrating success, is, it is a little more difficult than we may realize because success is so personalized based on the culture you guys have set over the years. It's like very personal success stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the overall thing of body composition, right, or mobility, or I, I was on all these medications and now I'm off of them. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that you guys celebrate, uh, at least in my experience, that you're celebrating with me, are very personal, you know, and they may not translate to the next mm-hmm. guy. That's a pretty pretty cool part of what we do. Yeah, and, like, that that goes back to the pull-up thing. Like, for women, especially, uh, being able to do a pull-up is, is something that is really a big deal to them. For a guy, a lot of times it's being able to lift a certain amount of weight. Like, I want to be able to be the guy that can back squat 400 pounds or bench, you know, 300 pounds or whatever because maybe growing up they were the weak guy in gym class. You know, when I was I was always uh, the weakest guy on my football team because we had to – we would max out and then we had to put our maxes up. They had like a chart where they put oh, yeah. their maxes. And I was literally in last place in my grade every single year. And that motivated me <clears throat> when I got done with high school to, to get stronger. And so I really fell in love with working out because it I could – put the workout in work in and get stronger because of and everybody's different you know somebody else it might be to be able to lose 50 pounds or be able to fit in some clothes they had more since high school and everybody's different but it's so fun to be able all these different goals they can all follow the same program and work out together towards that same goal and all reach these different goals all at the same time that's what's so fun about it yeah so what's some cool stuff you guys have seen recently i know we're not talking about particular people but I've found that if you're celebrating it in one athlete inside of Coyote, there's probably 20 more that are having the same type of success. Literally like 12 hours. Well, what time is it? Um, last night at like 6 o'clock, I had someone in the middle of the class just say, hey, remind me to tell you about my doctor's appointment after class. I don't, wanna, I don't need to tell you now. Mm. And just told me after 10 years of taking a double dose of statins that his doctor had, they tried it without, and he doesn't need to take any medication at all. Um, blood pressure was amazing. Cholesterol numbers were amazing. And it was like 10 years of taking medication. And he's just like, and all he did, he's just like pointed to the gym floor. He's just like, this is all it is. It's just lifestyle. He's like, of course it's, you know, he did the beach body challenge a couple years ago. And, um, that started a new lifestyle. And all of a sudden now multiple family members are doing it. And the culture of the family, legacy probably has changed for the better and it just is reflected in okay i'm not taking medication anymore 10 years of taking something that becomes just oh i need to do that and especially in our culture when things like that are expected like you get older well you take medicine or you get older and you just get fat it's uh it's really cool to see that but that's what i told hunter i'm like Every single day someone comes and tells you something like that, and it's easy to just be like, oh, cool, yeah, in the gym. That's what we do. That's what we do. Um, But we really try to celebrate that and help people know because it helps the new coach build confidence that, you know, I don't have to doubt myself. I don't have to doubt um, the results. People are going to step up, and so it's cool. Um, So I think I talked about this before, but my wife and I are training for a marathon right now, and so we've been adding miles, and we've been running every Saturday, and so – uh, there's a guy that works out of Madison who had asked me if I would do a marathon with him in December, and that's the reason we started doing it. And then another guy heard about it, and he said he wanted to do it as well. And he's one of those guys that's just constantly been struggling and trying to lose lose weight, and he works out all the time, but just the diet and the lifestyle stuff is not in place. And and uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I, you know, and I, I don't think he's going to you know commit to be able to, mm-hmm. to train for this. So whatever. Uh, so this past Saturday, my wife and I ran. It was like Saturday afternoon, and she wanted to see somebody's house, so we we're driving over by the by the gym in Madison. And at the same time, that guy was texting us in this group text saying, 
where are y'all at on y'all's training? And, you know, I need to start, I need to get caught up. I'm way behind you guys. And I was like, well, we just did four miles today. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start today. I was like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> so we're driving and we're driving and all of a sudden I look over and I see him running like out of his neighborhood and he's got his headphones in like literally two minutes like, after he oh said that. Oh my gosh, you meant it. And I was like, oh, I yelled at him and he started laughing and I was like, oh, he's, he's, he's going for it. And then, and he's been calling me to, uh, this week, asking me about, you know, diet tips and stuff. And, um, you're really motivated to lean down and lose some weight. And so that's just kind of fun to be able to do something that, um, you know, it's a goal for my wife to be able to run a marathon. That's never really been something that I've been really interested in, but I'm, I, I wanted to do it with her. Um, but be able to do something and have that have an impact that's going to help uh, influence other people to be able to, to do something as well. And so that's – as coaches, we're always leading by example. And um, whenever I go out to eat with other people, I always try to make sure I order something healthy because I want to be a good, you know, influence for them and eat healthy at the gym. You don't want to be – you know, setting a bad example. And so just being able to do stuff that influences other people is really cool. We, uh, we had one of our members, um, out in Flowood. It's been really funny because we've had four different houses on his street, join the gym. And I was like, that's really cool. Just how it literally is like mm-hmm. dominoes falling. Like I picture that in my mind, just like one person down the street. And then because communities are, that's how they operate. And so it's like, all of a sudden you see someone and you're like, Oh, that's, close to home I actually probably think that can work and so it's just been really funny it's like going down the street it's like I'm putting the their account info in and I'm like that's the exact same street and so all of a sudden it's like man one person starts a couple years ago and the next guy and one of the guys in that uh, on the street did his his in-body scan after a month of like trying to take his nutrition seriously and cutting out alcohol that was just needless you know, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and yesterday he did his scan and lost 18 pounds of body fat, and his muscle went up by a pound, uh, and it changed his body fat percentage from 20 point something to 14 point something, like six percent in a month. Jeez, wow. one month, and it just shows it's like it's not like I know it is hard. It takes a lot of discipline, but it's possible for anyone. Uh, and so that's been, that was something that was really cool. I was like, man, all it started with one guy down the street and he's like, man, I think I can do that. My neighbor does it. And then they join and it's like, man, he's telling his neighbor and their whole family joins. So that's that, you know, people being able to relate to somebody and when they see somebody who they consider a peer making progress, I think that's what really motivates them because like, like we talked about earlier, when you walk in, you see all these people doing all this crazy stuff in the gym, you don't people don't relate to them as peers they think of them as oh those are you know super fit people and they don't see where they started at you know they don't see uh like meredith my sister who i remember when she got her first muscle up you know and now she's competing in the elite at wadapalooza and and stringing together probably close to 20 ring muscle ups and i remember her first open workout where she did ring muscle ups and i told her not to do more than one at a time because she was going to burn out, you know, and stuff like that. And and they don't see that part of her, but I've seen the journey, and you know, Caleb sees that journey, but most people don't see that. And so it's it's really cool to be able to look and look back and see where they came from. You know, I can remember when I started CrossFit, I could barely back squat over three hundred pounds, and people were like, "You couldn't never squat, you couldn't squat over three hundred pounds." And I was like, "No, I like you don't realize how much progress you can make just being consistent over a long period of time." And so that's. It's it's fun to be able to show that to other people because it's going to motivate people to 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 really uh, dig down deep and push for it. We I've have, often wondered. I just I want to drop this question in here. Does a coach have like kind of this like preferred thing to celebrate? Like, are some coaches body composition coaches, and some of them are performance coaches? Like, wow, you really <laughs> PR'd on that workout. Like, 
Does that happen or that's is a, it all the no, same? No, that's a good question because one of the hard things about having a coach who has a personality, who has uh, their own story, it can be really hard to put yourself in the shoes of someone who has a completely different goal. So, like, if I like to work out really fast and that is my hobby and it's something that I enjoy, if someone comes in the gym and their goal is to only look better it can be really hard not to coach them in a way where you're thinking, oh, they want to get faster at their workouts. They want to perform better, and that's not their goal at all. Like, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with their goal. And if you're not prepared for that, then it would be – there's just going to be a miscommunication where they don't feel like you can relate to them. And that's what we see in the fitness industry, especially in CrossFit gyms. The coaches, because they love what they do, really love to work out. And because of that, they can't see when a 47-year-old – couple comes into the gym and they want to get off medication it's impossible to put yourself in that mind and so we have to work really hard to do that part of telling stories helps us do that when we you know when other gyms and other coaches share community the stories of 700 600 plus people it helps us see that there's a lot more people in the gym whose goal is different than the coach's own personal experience yeah and so we try to do our best to um always remind ourselves that our hobby may not be their hobby. You know, they may be here so they can get better at overlanding, you know, <laughs> That's shout right. out outside the box. Yeah, you know, they want to be prepared to be able to like yeah. to drive all day and then have to be able to set up the camp and, mm-hmm. you know, do those things and not be so worn out that they don't enjoy time with their kids because they were so worn out from setting up the campsite. I think it's very common in CrossFit in general, Ben. And I, you know, I would say when I first started coaching, I would definitely lean way more towards trying to help people do a workout faster and get stronger and set PRs in workouts. Um, and that just t- as over time and experience, you realize that that's not what's going to help a lot of people. And, um, a lot of, you know, it might cause people to burn out and do too much. And I, I had a lot of people that started and they would work out with me and they were, cause they were doing this competition program and they saw me and they wanted to be, be, get fitter. And so they thought they needed to do what I was doing. And then they burned out and uh, you know that's that's my own fault of of having people do all this extra stuff and that's where we've learned um to try to help people reach their own individual goals um and try to help them figure out what what they want to do and help uh them get to where we can help them the best that we can without you know having them do too much and so trying to meet people where they're at and that's part of coaching our new coaches is teaching them that aspect, you know, because every person comes in with a different they they had their own different journey. If, if somebody's journey was to start uh, and lose 50 pounds, then they might think that everybody wants to lose weight, whereas that's not the case. Some people want to gain weight. Some people want to gain muscle. Some people want to compete, you know, or if somebody's a, big into competing and they want to be able to um, compete and do well at competitions. They might think everybody wants to do that. And their lens is looking at how can I help these people do the workout faster. And like Caleb said, for a lot of people, that they don't care about doing the workout faster. They just want to look, look better or feel better or lose weight or whatever. So being able to um, help different people with widely drastic and different goals and, and starting in different places is something um, that we try to help our coaches do. And that's something that, to me, is a sign of a, a great coach. Yeah, it's just it's almost like two tiers of celebration. We know that you you're going to be able to celebrate change in body composition, lower body fat percentage, overall fitness and health. Those things like guaranteed in a few months we're going to be able to celebrate those things guaranteed. But that second layer of celebration is like I know you well enough 
as a person inside this community to know we can celebrate these other things too. That's been really, uh, really good for me. A big part of my experience at Coyote is like, man, celebrating this, this fitness, general fitness stuff. That's really cool in the beginning, but now I feel like these coaches know me well enough to celebrate. I went on vacation and did this thing and my kids were with me or whatever it is, you know, like this other very personal thing that we can celebrate together. I really sense that as part of a, a focus of the business. It takes a long time to build that trust. I think it takes a lot of hard work to develop the craft of being able to relate to a lot of different people so that everyone feels the, that they can share those kind of more intimate goals, if that makes sense. Um, and so it does take it takes intentional effort to be that way because a lot of our coaches, you know, myself included, we don't necessarily – we're not all extroverted people that are just this like, you know, character that's putting on a show and coming in and just having these empty conversations. A lot of us are maybe more introverted or really do care about that and, you know, have a lot of things going on in our mind. And so being able to relate to people, multiple different people of back to your original question, who have a variety of different goals and to be equally proud that someone achieved that, uh, it, it takes intentionality, but you know, the good thing about having a gym that's growing is that you get to the more you hear that, the more you expect it. Man, well said. Chase, what, what can we celebrate that you uh, have, have achieved lately? Had a kid. Congratulations. My second one. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of why this uh, new segment of Outside the Box is a, just a little challenging. It's <laughs> not much else there, going on. Not there's... much else going on. And lack, a lot of lack of sleep. Yeah. But you know, there's, I logged a lot of uh, YouTube hours holding a <laughs> holding a child. I'm gonna get to the bottom of YouTube pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna figure it out one day. Uh, speaking of that, has Caleb ever? You, you want to do it? Do outside the box. He had to ask. Yeah. Oh my god! You gotta be ready. You gotta be ready at all times. I will be ready next time. All right, outside the box. What? What so is real quick question, on? real quick question. Oh, so you're on the YouTube thing. Are you, did you, have you like graduated to where you do subtitles on everything? No, I hate subtitles. Kids? Okay. We share, we share a, a, an account with uh, some very close friends of ours, maybe related. Might be illegal. Maybe illegal. I'm going to call, I'm going to call YouTube after this. <laughs> and, oh, YouTube uh, and, TV, and the Netflix. household thing. It may be Netflix. It's, it may be so Netflix. Th- and every time I go to watch a show, we'll get 10 minutes into the show and my wife will be like, the subtitles are on. Did you even notice? And we don't turn them on, but they turn them on when they yeah. watch certain things. Yeah. And so it's like, well, they have kids. So well, they turn the funny subtitles on that? so the volume can be lower. What's funny about that is that uh, Netflix literally, like, they don't fight it. Like, they fully acknowledge that people are sharing passwords and accounts and stuff, and that's just part of their business model. It's like, we know we have, you know, 13 million or whatever subscribers, but if we really have about 26, 27 million people that are, are watching our stuff all the time. And I just, don't feel bad for Netflix either. <laughs> no, they're fine. No, I just saw that. I just got just an email fine. today. They're going up on their prices. Did you see that? Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. And no that's one like, no gosh. one even cares. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, like what are you going to do? In the past, <laughs> like, yeah, not, not I, think, I think, the sh- yeah, the sharing is just because there's so many streaming. Like, if someone's like, hey, I'd love to watch that show, I just volunteer my stuff to them. Yeah. Because I'm like, 
oh, that would be beneficial. It's not like you're... You're just back-pocketing favors. We're not actually, like, all the time, like, sitting there watching Netflix every night. But if if there's a great show and someone's like, yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, we don't have Showtime. We don't have HBO Max or whatever. I'm like, yeah, log in this. Watch this show. You're going to love it. And it's like a gift. You almost give people a gift. It's It's, it's a hot... Yeah. It's funny to me how people won't bat an eye at spending $15 on lunch. (laughs) But, like, $13 on Netflix. Oh, it's an outrage. It's an absolute outrage. And I have to pay for the 100 hours a month that I watch. That's probably a whole thing. You could analyze your life and realize the the, the irony of what we'll pay for and what we won't. Or like their coffee. They'll spend $6, $7 on a cup of coffee. That is my biggest one. My biggest one is the Starbucks order. That's $8.50 every time because you got to have whatever with the extra oat milk and whatever. Like not mocking oat milk, but like you'll do all this for your... 80 milligram caffeine bump mm-hmm. every day, but you won't, yeah. Yeah, and I think one of those things, like if you look at the amount of time you spend in a place and look at it versus the price, and food is the easy one yeah. because, as my wife says, it just is poop in a couple hours. Like it's nothing. And so there is Can we never Sarah, say that Sarah's word again. So I, can't, I hate the, that word, man. Poop? I, yes, I hate it. Oh, <laughs> man. Feces in a few cows. hours. I didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't know if we, we had the explicit <laughs> label on the Coyote podcast. <laughs> you can just you can do it per episode. You don't have to do it on the whole podcast. Oh, there you go. Just that would right be here. funny. Just beep that out, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, yeah, not just, even a bad just word. Like just like, hear the and then just like, beep. <laughs> <laughs> what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> Um, all right. So what is what has been going on? We just we had our outdoor uh, episode. Yeah. So uh, I'll, this tell past what, episode. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You know, I've been running every Saturday with my wife, and, right? And we've been adding half a mile every week, and we just did four, and we got four and a half tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's get, it's gotten to the point. I've just been running my Metcon freeze, and so um, I'm getting to the point where it's like, all right, I need to get some running shoes. So I went up to the, to Fleet Feet this week and um, got them to do the whole foot thing have you have you ever done that yeah no they, they no. scan your foot and then you have to walk on this pad back and forth and then they bring you out some different shoes and then i was trying to decide whether i wanted the so i have really high arches she was like you need to get these uh inserts but they were really hard so i decided not to get them but it's getting to the point now where like we ran and we were running close to an hour and i'm just like man this is really boring like it's not even we're not running fast we're just kind of doing it but i'm like I'm thinking in my head, what, when, when I get to eight miles, nine miles, I mean, I'm going to be running for hours. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, now I need to think about getting some headphones and I'm going to listen to this podcast. And I don't know, it's just getting to be a whole thing. It's Here's, what I'll tell you. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you. As a, as a former runner, no longer runner, Bose over-ear headphones the quiet comfort threes or whatever they're called stay on better than anything well, she else. Was, she I've was ever telling me used. about some like shock over ear ones or something that they anything sold over ear. Yeah, is that's be what better. she was saying. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'll come back with my wife and we'll look at it. Well, but, if you're um, wearing over ear headphones, then you got to go with the sweatbands and you got to go with the uh, do, do the whole get up. You got to yeah. do the whole Allen Iverson. And then uh, white what, guy. we're going to get to the <laughs> point where it's like, all right, now we got to start figuring out what gel we're going to use, you know, and all that stuff <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, man, this is getting to be this is going to be a big commitment. You know, I do enjoy it, you know, when I'm doing it. It's kind of fun being out, and we go to, we try to run a different place every time and yeah. go into some different trails. There's not a whole lot of options here. What but. y'all need to do is try and sync up the play button press on a podcast together. So you got your individual listening going on, but it's Three, perfectly synced. Three, two, one, pause. Yeah, that way you can you shoot think? each other a look if something crazy said, and you're like, I can't believe you just said that. I mean, you know what I mean? Kind We're not going to be listening to the same no. podcast, oh, right. I promise oh, you. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be listening to music. Wish I'll be listening to podcasts, yeah. It is.
is a it is a thing. I think uh, there's a one of the one of the CrossFit Games athletes, James Newberry, was talking about doing these Ironmans, uh-huh. and he's starting to compete in Ironmans during the off season. And he's he posted about one of the most challenging parts is learning to sit on a bike for five hours. Like yeah. that's a whole mental thing. Aside from the fact that you're working, like for a lot of those athletes, I think the work gives you something to think about at least. But like sitting in one or on in one position for five hours uh, is that's a whole mental challenge. It's like that the overlooked part of, the, of doing it. Yeah. yeah, it's just man, you got to get comfortable doing the same thing for a long time. Here's an outside the box question: We're talking about podcast. We kind of save our uh, life enhancing stuff for the recommend portion so Mm -hmm. we can hit it quick what are your podcasts that you're listening to that are like just for like purely for entertainment for fun if those even i listen to uh, a podcast called no laying up it's a golf podcast yeah um and one of our members actually told me about it probably two years ago and they have a youtube channel with 86,000 subscribers. I mean, very high quality stuff. And it's just five regular guys who started a podcast 10 years ago or nine years ago, very early into the podcast, the podcast stuff and even for golf. Mm -hmm. And so that helps me turn my mind off completely because the last thing I want to do is listen to a fitness podcast at the end of the day. Most days, sometimes I do, but that is like a recharge for me when I get home. I'm either watching their YouTube and I'm like, I love mm-hmm. just the ability to be able to listen to something and not think yeah. for a little bit. What do so they say about no the Saudi golf? Up. They talk about it all the time. It's happening no matter what. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty crazy. It's crazy. There are a lot of strong opinions about Phil because Phil is kind of taking this turn where the PGA Tour has given him yeah. millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars of opportunity. And now that he's retired and, you know, tends to have this reputation for not being able to hold on to his money with all the gambling and different things that kind of is rumored. Uh, and now all of a sudden he's going after them yeah. for acting like they're stealing from him for all these for all these years. And it's like, if you look at your career earnings plus what you've made, I mean, you are hundreds of millions of dollars benefiting, and now you're going to complain about it as I you get towards I don't have any retirement. sympathy for people like that. Like, it's the same thing when Matt Frazier came out and when he retired and started talking crap about everybody in CrossFit. I'm like, dude, you made tens of millions of dollars off of this sport, and you would be a nobody if it wasn't for that, and you're coming out talking talking bad about everybody. And I think somebody told him, like, I guess it was a manager, you need to stop going on podcasts and doing all this stuff because he was making himself look really bad. Um, and it's just like – you you literally made hundreds of millions of dollars off of this sport, and now you're coming and bashing it. It's just it's, it really sucks to too because they get out of the game like that, and they have this legacy that they've acquired mm-hmm. by and their success t- and stuff, and they it, just yeah. tank it. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing with Phil. Is like Phil is the, one of the most beloved guys. He has for years gone out of his way to recognize every fan, every person that says you know the thumbs up. You know his yeah. kind of classic thing, and all of a sudden you just start tanking it by going off on and no one can relate to the guy that's complaining about yeah. a career where he's made you know a hundred plus million dollars and you would be nobody without you would be nobody without that <laughs> I mean, sport he, yeah, yeah and it's just ridiculous um so anyways i i uh the podcast i listen to is bill simmons um i've talked about that before but yeah. he he always um he was always predicting uh i love the nfl the nfl is my favorite sport to watch and i watch all the games every sunday and uh, every week, every Thursday, he would have a um, like preview show for the uh, upcoming ones, and he usually is on the gambling um, 
you know, angle. So he's always talking about the spreads and picking, making picks and everything. And then every Monday after the games, they would review. So I, I would always listen to those two. And then he talks about basketball and I listen to some of those. Um, but he also is really big into pop culture and he has like uh, his the Ringer Network and they have a lot of different types of podcasts, but they have a prestige one where they'll recap uh, TV shows and TV episodes, and they actually have one that just came out. And it was like a hall. They have like, they just started this Hall of Fame TV episodes, and they did one on uh, one of the Lost episodes, and it was really good. Yeah. Um. So I, I enjoy that, like watching a TV show that or listen to one of those on a TV show that I've been watching, and kind of hear what other people have to say about it. It helps me think. Uh, I've, I've started listening to that too. I think you had talked about it, and I uh, and I started listening to it, and it helps you think on a level that maybe you don't naturally think on, mm-hmm. especially when you watch a show. It's it's really hard to see a, a lot of the symbolism and the depth, but a lot of these writers, the depth of symbolism that they put into the characters and how much work it takes to do that is something that it's kind of a shame that most people it just goes over their head. Yeah. And so that's one thing I like about that podcast. Well, and that particular. reminds me of a book I read like right after college. It's called How to Read Literature Like a Professor, and it kind of talked about all that how to read books and get more of the deeper meaning more than just like the story that's going on but really understand what the the character development and what the metaphors and everything mean and what what this stuff is depicting and it it brings out such a richer experience uh from the the books that you're reading and also tv has gotten so good as far as the writing i mean i i just enjoy tv way more than i do movies at this point because they give so much time to develop the characters and develop a story and um and so you can really kind of look in and see what they're doing on a deeper level and it just enriches the experience and when you can listen what other people are talking about as well it makes it you they'll you know other people can draw conclusions that you might not have reached and then you'll it just makes it a more satisfying experience the if if anybody out there has not watched any of or listened to any of the ringer stuff but the, uh, I think the rewatchables was one of the first ones yeah. you told me about. Well, Ben listens to the, a bunch okay. of those. Yeah, yeah. On the, on so the if you've never heard of it, Ben left by the way. Yeah, the, Ben left. The, yeah. the podcast called the Rewatchables, and it's a group of very intellectual people talking about these and going back, and they all go back at night, the night before, and rewatch a classic movie, mm-hmm. and they're trying to go through what they think is maybe like the top five hundred movies, and uh, anyway, and so they go back and just talk about and the categories of things they come up with to analyze about the movie as far as the characters and also the actors and actresses in their career and where they are and what they change about the movie and stuff. It just kind of like re kind of opens up your mind to some of the movies that you watch and forget about. It's amazing what you can do with like even just entertainment stuff when you have like a full-time job level amount of time to like think through that stuff. It snowballs. And then all of a sudden you're, yeah, yeah. you own that. Bill space. Simmons is like, Bill Simmons he's, has done he's it. worth yep. like nine figures. He's, yep. he is loaded. So he just, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, he just watches sports, sports and, and watches <laughs> movies and talks about it. And what that's more do you want? <laughs> yeah. What a and, job. Then, and then when you can afford to bring on some of the yeah. best, most creative people to come yeah. and surround you. When and then Matt they just Damon you up. and Bill Simmons link up, yeah. it's some of my favorite, yeah. like pseudo sports, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Radio, well, I guess not radio really anymore. But and Bill S- Simmons started at he he started writing a column on the internet called the the Boston Sports Guy. Yeah, and then he was the sports guy and he started writing for ESPN. And I used to read all his articles. And now, and then he worked for ESPN for a while. And then he had a whole falling out with them and had started his own thing. But um, yeah. I mean, it's it's really cool. He just he made a career out of doing what he loves to do, and it, it's it's just it's it's fascinating. It's so. just having talent. Like he's just he's easy to listen to, yeah, and just doing quick. the work, doing the work. I mean, he put a column out every single week for ten, fifteen years, multiple columns out um, on the same same time every single week. So yeah, kudos to him. 
Way to go, Bill. Yeah. I know nobody gives Bill. you your Thanks props. Thanks for your work, Bill. I don't know if you're listening, but we appreciate it. Hey, Caleb, what do you, you got anything going on? Did, um, just the, the podcast. Uh, that's it. Dude, man, set me up for failure there. <laughs> you uh, don't? Okay, no, I didn't figure you did. Do I have anything going on? Uh, no. Okay. But that's how we ended the last episode. Yeah. Like, so, Caleb, you got anything? No, just working. So, anything uh, since the last hour that we finished the first one? No, I, we... Uh, yeah, no. Okay, cool. I got to recommend, uh, I read uh, uh, Ben Bergeron's second book, Unlocking Potential, and it was good. It was a good book. I, I enjoyed it. I'll, it was good for me to read that after having been to his uh, seminar a few years ago and hearing him talk about some of the stuff he's changed even since the last seminar. So I thought it was good to kind of see that progression, um, just kind of see where they're at. But I enjoyed the book. It was an easy read um, and um, just had some had some good tidbits nothing nothing groundbreaking or anything but i i enjoyed it and i you know i recommend anybody that likes to you know try to always constantly read and um learn self-improvement stuff and stuff that can help you become better leaders what he was really focused on i I thought it was a good book worth a read thanks oh you don't have man it's been an honor to be here today (laughs) and uh i look forward to being back Uh, that was unsolicited (laughs) see you next time see ya Smooth sounds.